your host, David Prada. Today's guests are childhood best friends and founders of Campo Beauty, Jessica Franson and Jill King. Welcome to the show. Thank you, David, for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I love that we're all in different places. We have somebody in California. Jill's in Houston. Jess is in Newport Beach. And I'm in Chelsea in New York City right now. So I love it. It's so like all over the U.S. I know. My gosh. How's the weather across the states here? It's beautiful in California. Is it? It's warmer than when I left California. I left on Monday and it's warmer in New York City than it was in California. <laughs> Mind you, I brought my favorite winter coat and I have it, I wore it once and I'm so sad I brought it because it's so hard to travel with because it's this massive 2014 Bottega winter coat and I was like dying to wear it. I've been like in this little jacket the whole time. I was so hot in it. I wanted to talk to you guys about not only your amazing brand, but I wanted to talk about the journey and how we got here, but also about your backgrounds. I know that you both are childhood best friends, but once you guys graduated high school, I wanted to hear where you both went off to and how it came about, how it finally came back to Campo. So Jill and I, like I said, from the moment we met, I think we were at a beach party, you know, having fun as always. And we've gone from dancing on tables at Aspen to beach parties to now we are mothers and very, very serious people, as you can see in here. <laughs> um, we literally, we both, once we went into the business community, we took some different paths. I went and worked for my family company, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. And then Jill, she really was a shooting star in LA. She went on to do uh, some incredible work in PR with top A-list celebrities. I'll let Jill speak to that. I won't steal her thunder, but we had a lot of fun in our youth via all of her perks across uh, the country, you know, New York trips, trips to Cannes, all, you know, via Jill's incredible rise to her career with public relations. But me personally, this is Jess. I was being groomed to run a family business called Simple Green. And I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My dad, you know, since he was post-college, he went right in and he invented this product called Simple Green with his father. And it was an all-purpose, non-toxic cleaner. And it was really ahead of its time. This was back in the 70s when I was just, you know, a tiny little child. And he really wanted to make a difference. He wanted to create something that if it was ingested or touched you dermally or ran into the ocean, it wouldn't harm you or the environment. So that was really forward thinking. And that was the environment that I was I grew up in. So I really thought that that's the path that I would take because that was such an incredible opportunity. And he had such passion and he was laser focused. And he just, he had this mission, like he was going to save the world one bottle at a time, showing people that there was a better choice. You could trade in all these toxic cleaners and still have efficacy and have like something that was industrial in strength. And yet you could dilute it. And then it could be so gentle that it could clean your marble countertops. So that was just an incredible journey for me personally. So aside from having a really robust education, my dad really invested in our education. I got to go to Europe and study abroad and get my MBA, which I think I'm highly wired as a creative. And as Jill will, I'm sure, allude to, I'm a little bit more of the wild pony. She's the one kind of pulling me back at times because <laughs> I'm an idea person. You know, it gets me up, it excites me in the morning. But I think being an environment where I had to put on my business cap, it was a great healthy balance for me because then I could see 
I might have this great idea, but how does it come to market? If it's too out there, it's too crazy or not scalable, then it's just some crazy idea. And I'm sitting in my garage or in my home office just dreaming about it. So I think for me, I have tons of gratitude for growing up in that type of environment and having access to really high level bright minds, you know, traveling the world at a very young age and being exposed to some really incredible opportunities really laid the foundation for where Jill and I are today because I could bring some of that to what makes Campo so special. And I think in part, Jill has very similar story, just she took more of a corporate route and I was really blessed to have it from within my family environment. That's incredible. It sounds like your father encouraged you to like just really look at ingredients and wellness already at a young age. And it's like not many people have that in their household. Growing up with already a father that has that third eye and already ahead of the curve way before his time, way, way, way before his time. That's so incredible. I'd be so inspired in a house like that, to be honest. I grew up with a restaurant, so very different. (laughs) But I do have to say that makes so much sense why you're the way you are and how you are all about your essential oils and fragrances and ingredients and formulations. I love that. Jill, how about you? What was your background? My background, well, I was an economics major, and then I was at UCLA in their accounting program, and I was bored one day in accounting, and I was like, there's got to be more, you know, (laughs) life than sitting and looking at books, which I love, but, and I came across the UCLA has a certificate program for entertainment public relations, and I was like, well, that sounds kind of fun, (laughs) and at the same time, I bought this book called What Colors Your Parachute?, which I highly recommend. The gist of it is if you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. And so I just kind of asked myself, like, if I didn't have to go to work, what would I get up and do every day? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's when you're going to put yourself in the best position to succeed. So I quickly dropped my accounting class and I got a job, started taking classes. And I met somebody that was an assistant at Rogers and Cowan, which is a big entertainment PR firm in L.A., in New York and worldwide. And I got a job as an assistant and I just worked harder than anybody else could possibly work. And whether you're photocopying something, you can learn something when you're photocopying. You know, yep. I did, I just worked hard. I worked all night. I'd go and volunteer to be on movie sets. I said, I'll go to the South of France. I'll do anything you want me to do for the Cannes Film Festival. So I just really just was scrappy and I just did it all. And so I was fortunate enough to get promoted pretty quickly. And then eventually in a couple of years, I launched the West Coast Fashion and Beauty Division for the company because there was New York presence, of course, or Fashion and Beauty. But because I had ties to the entertainment industry and charities, and there was just so much, you know, with celebrity dressing and just all that product placement, I thought we needed a representation on the West Coast. So I pitched it to my CEO, who was also coincidentally an economics major, working (laughs) in a group of creative people. <laughs> so, you know, we can wrap the synodome in a as a whopper, but like what's the marginal benefit for that cost, you know? And so we kind of just spoke the same language. So I think that was to my benefit because I was a very young vice president. And so, you know, it took a lot for him to put his face in me. And so that was great. I loved it. I traveled the world. I went to Cannes six years for the wow. month of May when the celebrities wouldn't send their personal publicists because I did more corporate fashion and beauty and celebrity charities. I would work with people like Mick Jagger and Elton John and all those kind of people. So it was just, just can attest, like I'd spend the month at the plaza for fashion week. And <laughs> then I come back to my apartment in LA and just like, can I just roll this outside? <laughs> this is awful. You know, but it was, there's publicity was, that was back in the day when, you know, 
I think some New York socialites came up with a computer and said, have a computer and a cell phone and you can be a publicist. <laughs> it was really an interesting time to be a publicist, but also a really exciting time. It was pre-reality show. You know, when I left Hollywood, it was just, that was just starting. So I did that and for many years and I had some goals. I wanted to do the fire and ice ball. I want to work on Elton John's Oscar party. And, you know, I set my sights and then I reached all my goals and then I love my job, but it was kind of like, what am I doing today that's going to get me where I want to be tomorrow is kind of like how I lived in my 20s. And so I kind of felt like not the thrill is gone, but I need another challenge. And at the same time, I met my husband. And so I kind of, quote, retired um, (laughs) when I was, you know, when I just turned 30, pretty much in my early 30s, I retired and moved to Florida (laughs) and got married. And then I was just a, literally, I didn't want to consult. I didn't want to work for people. I was Target's agency of record, and they asked me to continue on. And I was, I just wanted to be 100% there for my marriage and my husband and start a new life down there. So I kind of cut all ties. And then people just started calling me to do consulting and whatnot. So I ended up taking jobs. I started a DirecTV for schools for DirecTV. And I had an office in New York, and I lived in Florida. I flew up Monday, flew back Friday, went on our boat. My daughter's like, Mom, what job haven't you done? And I was like, I've done a lot of jobs. And I was kind of like, I worked for a VC, so I went in, and I was a turnaround person. So we'd look at union negotiations, contracts, shutting down plants, like worked with C-suites at hospitals and did communication plans for them, for their employees. So I really got more on like, I would say, the not as glamorous business side of businesses. But through all of that experience, tying it back to Campo, is, you know, I learned, I was at the table at Procter & Gamble when they were coming up with a fragrance, back in the day was Giorgio, you know, Beverly Hills. And from concept to using the coffee beans to smell it to the notes and then concepting what the packaging would look like, how we're going to launch with what fashion show and who's really just seeing market, how you can bring a product to market. And I think what also has helped me being a publicist for Campo is that journalists are like, so what? You know, like, why do I care? So we always, I think with Campo, with every product we create, we wanted to say, why would people care? Like, why is this meaningful to people in their daily lives? I think that kind of helped me, you know, you've got to make it important and why should people care? And so that was valuable for me. And then I worked for Simple Green, actually our first job together. I was the mascot. So just what was he, the alligator? Egg 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 bar. bar. Everything's going to be all right. The acronym is everything's going to be all right. (laughs) And I dressed, we went to schools. We were giving stuff away, I think. I don't remember. We were doing. You also got, we got a free trip. We were going someplace great. I'm like, hey, I'm flying to San Francisco. I'm staying at the Four Seasons. I just need someone to get in this alligator costume for five minutes. And then we can like go to the best restaurants, blow it up and have so much fun. Are you in? (laughs) I'm I'm your girl. Like, I'll do it. (laughs) I told you. And then Jill, people sort of, after Jill, once somebody cool does something that everybody wants to follow. So Jill took something very unglamorous and made it very glamorous. Next thing I knew, all of our friends were saying like, well, I'll, I'll go to the next one. Where are you going? You going to Chicago? You going to New York? I'll be Egg Bar. I'll get if I was like breakdancing Egg Bar, you know, I was... <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. Just remember that one hotel. I mean, uh, you know, I was on a publicity's budget, which is still nice, but you know, you have to be respectful and whatever. And Jessica, you know, had so many frequent trips. I think she got a lot of upgrades. And we were in the plaza. I mean, it was like this room was like a basketball court. Oh, it was I would the do funniest thing. <laughs> Triple Lindy's. 
jumping we from bed so to bed. Yeah, oh my god, had... I wish there was some video content of all these oh, trips. Uh, I know. We yeah. find photos once in a while. We were, you know, our Aspen trips and knitting and we were in the local paper. It was just, we just had so much fun together, yeah. so... It's been great. Jessica, I remember you telling me about, like, after, like, I think working with your dad's company, like, you started a stationery, wasn't it? Like a, I did. That's, because you're so gifted with wrapping, and every time you give a gift, it's so thoughtful, and just the layering and the ribbon, and it's, like, such... There's not many people that have that gift. Can you go into, like, that portion of your life? And then we can yes. also go into your amazing hair accessory, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> well... You know, I think it really, if I have to go back, it starts with my grandparents on my mother's side. So they were highly creative. They're artists in Laguna Beach. And that's actually where I just moved. So I'm in Laguna Beach currently right now. And that's where I was born. So I feel like I'm coming full circle back to my roots now. But both my grandparents were incredibly gifted. And they were at the Festival of Arts for over 30 years, which was quite a feat. I mean, it's such an honor to be included in that exhibit. And so for them to have their own booth there for 30 years was really special. And so then my mom, I just remember growing up, she's exceptionally creative as well. She always say it's not what's in the gift. It's like the care that goes into the presentation of it. So it it could be just a simple piece of seized candy that you put in a special box and put a little bow and the note that went with it that just told somebody that you cared about them. And it didn't matter how much it cost. It was just that you were thinking about them. Or, you know, you could pick some fruit off your tree and put it in a basket and make that really beautiful and set on someone's doorstep. So those are the things that I think from a non-business side that I got from my mother that were so thoughtful and special that were passed down from her side of the family. And that's really probably where if I, if someone said, like what Jill said, if I could wake up every day and just be creative, the day would be gone in like two seconds. Like there would be no end to the day. I don't know what I would create. It would be so fun, but you know, you have life and balance and things that you have to do, but that's where I could just go absolutely bananas. So getting to Inkwells, everything kind of leads up to something. And so when I was working for my dad straight out of college at Simple Green, I was, again, I had entree to just incredible opportunity, you know, a position that probably was more than I deserved at that young age, but I feel that I did rise to the occasion. And so he would have these really outlandish budgets for Christmas parties and corporate events. And so, I mean, I could tell you a year in advance where I'd be staying, what I'd be eating, what I'd be wearing, who I'd be talking to. And so we would have these incredible itineraries and invitations. And so he really handed me the reins to that because he did believe in me and my creativity and that I could really get, I'm a taskmaster. If you give me something, I will get it done. And so I would always try to shop locally within, you know, our community and support those local shops. And I kept going to this one that had been there. It was the tried and true. They had been there for like 35 years or so. And on multiple occasions, they had messed up my order and they never said, how can we fix this? Can we do something in the future? How can we make this right? And so after that happening a couple of times, I kept telling another good friend of mine who was looking for her, you know, what's my purpose in life? I'm like, you should open a stationery store. This one is just terrible down the street. You should do it. You should do it. And, you know, I always had like a pantry full of my favorite cards growing up, writing thank you notes and all that. That was just something that was really impactful. My dad would hammer me with. And 
it actually was a chore when I was younger. But then as I got older, it's almost like listening to classical music. You may not appreciate when you're a child, but as you get older, you're like, oh my gosh, this is why it's so special. This is why it's mm. so important. And classical music, writing thinking notes now, they're two of my favorite things. If you'd asked me when I was 12, I would have said, heck no. So my friend was like, I don't want to open a stationery store. And then suddenly I'm like, well, then I'm going to. And at that time, I had never folded a t-shirt, served a cup of coffee. I'd never <laughs> been in a service industry because I'd been working for my family. So it was interesting because I didn't think twice. I found the space, bought all the inventory. And then the night before we're supposed to open, I kind of looked around. I thought, it's almost like having a baby. I'm like, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. I've never like served anybody. Like I've never just, you know, had to ring a register or help people. And so that was really humbling and really a wonderful experience for me because it taught me a lot of lessons in terms of patience. And I think this also will circle back to Campo and some of the conversations Jill and I had why we created Campo. But during the holidays, for example, if I would be in the store, I would find myself rising to the same level of intensity as the clients. So if I had somebody that was wonderful and lovely and had all the time in the world, I would be wonderful and lovely and gracious and all these things. And then you'd have someone that would come in with this incredible, like frenetic energy. Oh my gosh, I forgot my wife's anniversary and I need this in five minutes and it has to be the most special thing in the world. Then you find yourself like wound up like they are. And after kind of going through this after a period of time, I'd get home at the end of the day and I would be wiped out. I mean, mm. so it was almost like if I saw 20 people, I took on 20 people's energy. If I saw hundred people, I took on hundred people's energy. And Basically, it left no energy left for Jess. And my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time. He was actually, he's super sage. He's got a lot of really great wellness advice. He just said, Jess, you know, you already rev at a really high energy and that's who you are and you do really well there. But he said, when you go to work, just stay you. You don't have to rise up and you don't have to level down. Just stay Jess. And then that it basically kind of creates a buffer around you and you don't have to take on other people's energy. And so part of circling back to Campo, it's easier said than done, but as long as you have that awareness, then you know, like, Hey, I don't need to go to this crazy place. I can stay out of the center of their tornado and, you know, over here in my comfortable place. And with Campo, we really are trying to create these moments throughout the day so that you can tap into your own breath, harness your own energy, harness your own power, harness a place to relax, focus, set your intention. And really it starts with your own breath. And it's as simple as that. It really is just truly as simple as that. So the name of my store was Inkwells. And I just envision, you know, I love my New York moments. It's probably one of my favorite cities in the world, New York and Paris. And I wanted to bring a little bit of that to our seaside community. And so that's what I did. And it was super special and people received it. And I built it and sold it within two years. And it's still like, it's funny. I'll have people come up to me and they're like, aren't you the Inkwells girl? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that you would appreciate, David, is I made a commitment. I'm like, I'm going to go to work every day and I'm going to wear heels. I'm going to dress. I'm going to dress like I live in a city. I'm going to dress like I'm wow. a Parisian girl. And people really appreciated that. It really made them feel special and it made me feel special. So that was a really beautiful time of my life. And it was my first opportunity to really make myself believe that I could do something other than my family business. And I think that was really important. 
And if I hadn't, I don't think I would have had the courage to take on Campo, you know, with Jill at this point in my life. But I think that was like my first stepping stone to just say, hey, even though my dad created something really incredibly special that has made an imprint on the world, I think I've got something different to offer the world. And I want to see where this goes. So when was that conversation when you guys sat together and decided to create this amazing brand? What was the process? Were you guys like having your amazing margaritas or <laughs> or were you guys just traveling and going around and smelling amazing perfumes? And like, I know that you have such a nose for beautiful scents and so how did it all come about? Well, Jill, like she mentioned earlier, she had moved to Houston for love. We were both our Southern California girls. And when she finally got settled and was ready to have some company, I flew out and I was getting settled in her guest room. And I had my little mini apothecary and I had my favorite <laughs> perfume. And when she came in to check on me, she's like, oh my gosh, I have that same perfume. And then she's like, look at my apothecary. So in that same bathroom, she opened up this cabinet and like floor to ceiling, it was full of essential oils. So that night over some wine and just a fire and just chatting and catching up about motherhood and careers and health and just life, we both kind of said to ourselves, why does it have to be a certain way? So some of the things that we both loved and appreciated about essential oils is that, oh my gosh, it's tried and true. It's been around for eons and plant medicine. There's, you know, there's such beauty behind it. It's so impactful, but then there's kind of a little bit of a stigma around it, right? So did it have to smell like stinky patchouli? Because actually patchouli can be quite gorgeous. It's akin <laughs> to wine. There's some beautiful wines and there's, there's some swill, right? So we said, we kind of laughed and jokingly will say, what if Tom Ford and Apple had an essential oil baby? What would that look like? It would be clean, modern, intuitive, have not got healing powers, smell intoxicating, be ready to use. It would rest on top of your counter instead of below your counter. That way you're more apt to use it, just like your vitamins. So if you store those vitamins away, you're like, oh, did I take it today? I can't remember. So we just thought, what do we need in our lives? And thought, let's just check the box. And so we thought if we walked up to anybody universally, we knew that these are things that we needed. And we said, do you need more energy? Do you need to focus? Do you need to relax? And do you need to sleep better? Who could say no to those four things? And that's what we felt that we needed. And so... We coined those now. Those are our daily rituals. And that's what we really, that was a platform from which Campa was born. Wouldn't you say, Joe? Yeah, I've been playing with essential oils for probably half since after college. And they were really hard to find, you know, really good quality. And Jessica is really, she has a great ability with the scent of our product. She really can blend and she is just I trust her so much just with like, okay, Jess, like, I love this one, but what do you think? And I love all of our products, the scents, they're just intoxicating. But I also, what really speaks to me too, is the carrier oils, because I've been an oil person forever. I think I wrote my first term paper on skin when I was like in sixth grade. And I've used dry brushes and oils forever. And it was really hard back when you couldn't buy things on the internet to find really good high quality oils. So for a long time, I just used olive oil. And that was, you know, kind of how I started when I got pregnant. 
I had twins, and so I was on the internet looking at what is my you know skin going to look like after I have these two <laughs> babies in there, and you know the pictures were not you know what I had been hoping for. Um, but so that's when I kind of started my you know official my first formulation was my belly oil for my babies, and I just got a huge bottle of it, and I think for me is more like the textures of the carry oils, the different thickness and you want a dry oil, but you want just that right combination of the mm-hmm. oils so that it's not greasy, but you want it to go into your skin. You want the nourishment of one oil, but you know, so for me, I really love the texture of our products and they're really intentional that they're multi-purpose. So I, I use our oils, our roll-ons and our body oils head to toe. You know, you could use it on your wow. hair. I put it on my cuticles. In the winter, I don't do color on my toes. And so I just rub the oils in so literally from head to toe, I use our oil oh. face, use it on my face for everything. And for me to have the benefit of beautiful intoxicating scents that also have an intention so to wake you up in the morning or to focus during the day and to relax and then to go to sleep is just another level that makes our products so amazing and so easy to like weave into your daily lives. You know, a lot of people are so pressed for time and you look at essential oils. In fact, Jess and I would laugh sometimes. I take a picture of somebody in Whole Foods in the essential oil aisle and send it to her. And I said, see, this is why Campo needs to exist. They'd be like, have their, you know, hand on their head, scratching it, looking at the aisle, like, I kind of want essential oils. I've heard about essential oils, but I have no clue what to do with them. It was almost like that aha moment so many times over whenever we'd see people like, we want to make it easy for people to weave the power of plant medicine Mm -hmm. and beautiful intoxicating scents and a reason to breathe throughout the day too, as a reminder to breathe and to just take a moment for yourself. You know, it's hard sometimes to remember that. Maybe you sit down at the end of the day and, you know, you exhale, but you can do that throughout the day. And I think it's so helpful. And it's really been helpful for me personally to use our oils throughout the day as a reminder. Jill, when you were kind of getting into essential oils over 20 years ago, Where were you sourcing or purchasing them? Where were you finding those essential oils? Well, it's funny. My first essential oil that I bought was in Santa Barbara. And I couldn't tell you the name of the place, but it was a tiny, tiny little boutique. I saved the vial for like 15 years. And then the the label wore off and I couldn't remember what exactly. I couldn't tell you what it was. But but really, it was Whole Foods was like pretty much, you know, you'd, mm. there weren't that many holistic shops, you know, yeah. back in the day, or sometimes you'd find them at a spa shop, but you really have to be careful because most that I found over the years are diluted, you know, lavender, yeah. and then your lavender, even if you go to a, a big box place and you'll see a lavender bath oil or a bath salt, it's a synthetic. So yeah. to find true essential oils was really hard and it was not until you know we could do e-commerce that made it a lot easier and just opened up a lot more opportunity there was definitely no luxury essential oils at all and so for us you know we see campo it's a luxury essential oil brand it's the highest grade oils things like neroli sandalwood things that you know like jessica references a fine wine and that's really how we see our products because we love sweet orange but that's more of an entry-level lower cost oil sometimes and so if we layer in bergamot neroli Mm -hmm. when we see our cost for those we're like (laughs) We do use the highest quality products and because they're hard to find and a lot of people don't use them, I think our customers, from what we hear, really appreciate that and it's approachable luxury. You know, our 5 mLs or our 15 mLs or our roll-ons, our 5 ml and 10 mLs, 
they're not going to break the bank, but you know that you're getting something that's top shelf, that's the best out there. And it just feels to me when I'm as a consumer, it makes it more special to me when I know that there was thought going into how the product was formulated, mm. that we formulated everything ourselves. We sourced everything ourselves. We, I can remember a day we were sitting by the pool in Laguna at the Ritz and I had just come from Houston and I had a big bag of like Neroli from the globe. And I was like, we are going to nail our number one Neroli. And I was like, and we paid a lot of money for this to be brought in, you know, and I mean, we'd open some of them and I'd be like, Jess, I don't think that's Neroli, you know? And so, <laughs> so you just have to be careful because, yeah. you know, people will sell you a $5,000 kilo of Neroli and yeah. it might not be Neroli. So so we had fun. We had a lot of fun finding, having things brought in from all over the world, from all of our different farms and distributors and really going through that process. And we spent a long time doing it. And I think, it, you know, it's paid off for us in the end that now we know we have this inventory list of like where the good stuff is and where it isn't. <laughs> I want to know, like when you're creating these oils, how did you decide what to put in the oils, the carrier oils? How was that? Because I know you were talking about texture and consistency and all that fun stuff. What was the process for that? Did you know exactly what you wanted to do when you were about to create Campo? I think for the carrier oil side, you don't want anything that competes with the scent. And that yeah. was the hardest part because so many oils have a little bit of scent in them. So for us, that really was kind of the determining factor, especially for our roll-ons, because scent is the number one reason why you would use a Campo roll-on and the carrier is secondary. And so we wanted our essential oils to shine. And mm -hmm. so we chose those oils based on what would make them shine, mm -hmm. but also seep into your skin and have longer staying power. So that's why we used a combination of jojoba and sunflower with yeah. vitamin E as well. That's pretty much makes them multi-purpose too. Like I said, cuticles, you can put them, depending if your face is sensitive to essential oil. I use it on my face, but everyone's different, but they're yeah. really good jojobas like sebum in your, the natural sebum in yeah. your skin. So it's just a natural choice and it's more of a top shelf oil and so we wanted to use luxury oils as well so people are so smart about face oils and all of that when 20 years ago they weren't and so mm -hmm. people understand i think plant-based oils a lot more now well it's interesting because jojoba most of the high-end face oils on the market that's what they use as their carrier it's wonderful to know that campo can be used not only as like an essential oil, but it also could be used all over your body. And like you said, you could use it on your face, your hair, your cuticles with amazing, gorgeous scent to them. Like, I think the first time I received them, I was like, I have been into essential oils my whole entire life since I was a teenager because I was the guy going to one of those weird shops. My mom thought, what has happened to my baby? He's like <laughs> coming back with like, you know, I had Nag Champa incense and all these oils and she's like, oh God, what's happening? But I actually remember buying my essential oils and I finally found CO Bigelow had their own little brand. And I thought that was the highest end brand until Whole Body until I saw them there, which was when Whole Foods came into New York. And I was like, oh my God, I started getting so excited. But then when I fast forward years later, when I met Linda Rodan and she was blending all of her jojoba oil that she brought in from Israel, which was so expensive when I used to look at her costs. And like people don't realize the cost of goods on jojoba. And sometimes there's like, it's hard to find like clean, pure, amazing jojoba oil. 
So I think more than anything, I don't think any other essential oil brand on the market really uses jojoba in their product. Everything that we do with Campo has intention and purpose. Everything from the bottles we chose. We have a violet glass bottle that we import from the Netherlands. It's just when you hold it up to light, you can actually see it's, it's a lavender color. But that helps to harness all the natural energetic properties of the oils. But then in turn, it also helps to protect and block out any of the harmful UV rays. So again, every mm. every detail of Campo, we have literally thought of from top to bottom and it's special and important to us. And that's how we came about the name Campo is, you know, circling back to Jill's story of searching the globe for the very, you know, Neroli was our first one. We thought if we can nail Neroli, then everything else will fall in line. But Campo means field or countryside in Italian or Spanish. So we have scoured the globe for the most beautiful fields and countrysides, for the most beautiful oils, where we then bring them back to the States, where we blend them and bottle them and then bring them to market. And so that's how we came up with the name Campo. That is, you would say, David, because you're Italian, it's Campo. Campo, or in Spanish, Campo as well. So it's so funny, like we say in Campo, both. Campo. But I love it because, you know, you did, like, I think I read somewhere when I first started working with you guys, like, you guys really said wellness is the new luxury. It is, wellness is a new luxury. It's about really taking care of ourselves. And I think the way you kind of packaged the brand and made it feel like a luxurious exquisite high-end fragrance and like it feels like you're unwrapping not essential oil aromatherapy but like just luxury so you've kind of nailed it on all levels and so I really think you know I want the listeners that are listening I want them to really realize that there's so much thought put into your brand and there's such a process that you guys went through to make it so special and so unique and I actually was watching uh, someone hold it up in my office and they like now they're doing it like the YouTube and it looks so beautiful on camera when we're showing buyers and friends the product because it fits so perfect in your hand and we're learning how to do how youtube we're like practicing because when we're like trying to sell on zoom now to our buyers we're like oh and we're all making sure we have perfect manicures i actually am like i'm going to put it in our budget that i pay for my team's manicures because we have to hold like things up like this all day i definitely think there's nothing quite like it on the market there's very few brands out there that could really compete with what you're doing I think you guys should be so proud of what you guys accomplished and have made. And I'm very excited about 2022 because it's going to be like, hopefully we'll get through this pandemic, but like, it's going to be an incredible year for you guys. It is. And can I just say one last thing? I know we're, you know, when, when Jill and I had our vision of creating Campo, immediately I said, Jill, I've got our guy. I know who we got to go to. There's nobody else we can work with. It's David Prada. And she's like, okay, Jess, I trust you, whatever. (laughs) And so Jill and I, you know, behind the scenes, we spent about a year, maybe a year and a half getting it ready for market. And I just thought the day I'm ready, I'm just going to go knock on David's door and he's just going to be ready to see me. Well, he was like the Wizard of Oz and he had, you know, an audience. You have to like, you have to wait to see the Oz. And so I was like, Jill, they say we can't see the wizard for like, I don't know, maybe six months. I'm like, that's just not going to happen. So circling back to the inkwells, I think how it came full circle is I go, I got an idea. Let's package it in the most beautiful, giftable Hollywood style gifting we could ever imagine. And let's ship it. And I happen to have kind of our, not our rejection, but our, we'll see in the new year email. And it happened to have all of his staff on it. So we personalized a gift to everybody in the staff and overnighted it. And we got a call about 48 hours later. When can you be in LA? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because I landed from New York. It was probably around this time like that I received it. And I was like, 
oh my God, this is exquisite. And I took it with me on holiday and I think I was going to Mexico with friends and I was just like, this was just so well done. Oh my God, I was just like dying over it. And of course, it's like what your mom and your grandparents taught you. Like it's just literally like it felt so special the way it was executed. And we do still to this day, we get about 30 brands a month now. And it's so much, it's like overwhelming and I can't understand how buyers and filter through how much product is out there. Now I understand why it's so, my job has become so much harder because there's just so much out there. Well, David, just to interrupt and to yeah. just, I meant to say this when I, I was telling the story is that you are such a special person, not only to Jill and I, I mean, without you, our business would not be where it is. You've opened up every single door and, you know, with the confidence and the, the love we can walk through it. But we would not be where we are without you and we value you and your team and the way that you see life is so special and oh. you've made such an impact on the beauty industry. And, you know, we've coined you, you know, the, the beauty king, like you really, you know, you are royalty, like people respect you. And when I sat on the, the floor of one of the spa shows and saw how every, whether it was Neiman's, Nordstrom, Saks, high-end hotels, walk through the booth. Everybody wanted to come by and say hello to you. And with such reverence and kindness. And when I was able to tell Jill, just witnessing that and sitting on the sidelines, that really was heartfelt. And I mean, we already knew we were in the right hands, but, you know, we really consider you family and we're so grateful. So thank you for everything that you've done for Campo and our families. Well, we absolutely love you. And I love you guys. And Dennis is obsessed We're all like one big happy family. And I'm so, I usually have this rapid fire question, but I'm going to skip over it and we're going to kind of come to the end of this amazing episode. I love you both. I think I've learned so much more about Jill on this episode because I never have time to sit down with Jill. It's usually talking about numbers and stuff. And so (laughs) now I'm like, next time she comes to Newport, I'm coming down and we're going to have margaritas. I'm sleeping over. (laughs) We're going to put on pajamas and masks and we're going to put essential oils on and just talk more because I want to hear it all because it just helps me even more how to like story tell about this amazing journey and this amazing brand you guys have put together. And if for our listeners, they are also the most incredible moms. They have gorgeous children, the most polite children I've ever met and they're exquisite. And so I actually bows to you, everything you guys have accomplished in your lives. And I really can't wait for the next year to come. We're going to have a great time. Happy holidays. We love you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Love you. Happy new year. Here's the 2022. Can't wait. It's always so inspiring to talk to two childhood best friends that have had such amazing journeys in their careers and their personal lives to come together and create an amazing brand together. I really appreciated our time today with Jessica and Jill, and I look forward to our next episode with them, hopefully in the future. Take care.